Then over there we have the turkey. See now here's the turkey. We got one leg, two legs, three legs, four legs, five legs, six legs. So six of these legs or one of these legs or two of these six legs are going to be given to someone. I mean whoever you want to give them to. Hey baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. That's some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys episode 12, or should I say 12A. This is our special Thanksgiving Day extravaganza. It's our look at the three upcoming Week 12 Thursday games. The rest of our weekly picks will be available later in the week. We'll also hear from the president, but first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central. It's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing quite well, thank you. I'm in great anticipation of Turkey Day and excited to be part of this Thanksgiving Day episode. Uh, for those keeping track, we went 7-5-1 and one on our picks last week. Uh, what do you actually call the wrong side of Thursday night football? Um, for the first time since September, taking the Titans over the Steelers. And wow, did the Steelers ever put on a clinic. Um, this week, I think, has got some good opportunities. Um, in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about some fun prop bets to keep everything entertaining on Thanksgiving. Uh, we're at week 12, which means uh, there's no more bye weeks uh, for any team for the rest of the season. But uh, there is one individual who is on a bye week, and that's my dog, Woody. Uh, he's taking the week off. I think uh, asking him to pick three games on a Thursday uh, might send him, him to doggy weight watchers. So we're going to avoid that. Um, but before we get to the news of the week, uh, a couple, couple episodes ago, we brought up the fact that Maddie turned 40 and on the week of his 40th birthday had his first non-sanctioned boxing match and doing so against another fighter, almost half his age. Well, since then I've had a lot of listeners ask me, well, what happened? What happened in the fight? So Maddie, please let us know. Give us the details. Well, it was a great night. I got to say, uh, I've never actually really even been in a fight in my adult life, uh, except for the sparring leading up to this fight. And even then, sparring isn't a real boxing match because, you know, especially when you're sparring guys that got to go to work the next day, you don't really want to crank him in the teeth or, you know, break his ribs. So you're always pulling punches a bit. And this was the first time, and uh, I know my opponent, for him, it was the first time really trying to throw some bombs um, I'm not going to disparage my opponent or, or because you know what I, I, after being in a boxing match, I have to give great props to him because anybody that can put the gloves on and, uh, deal with the walk up music and all the nerves and then get in there and throw punches, take punches, give them, uh, they, they deserve anyone's respect because it is a very difficult thing to do. I mean, when they were putting my gloves on in the corner, they're gloving me up and he's giving me the eye from the other corner. My arsehole was puckered so tight, if you would have shoved a lump of coal up my ass, in, by the end of the fight, you would have had a diamond. But, um, so speaking of the end of the fight, what happened? Well, uh, I had a really good flurry. I mean, we boxed each other. He was, uh, he was more of a headhunter. He liked to uh, really try to throw down. Uh, he really didn't go for much body. A lot of like uh, big uh, crosses, hooks, and overhand 
with his with his power hands. So I was uh, doing a lot of slip mechanics and really uh, like my trainer wanted me to do, you know, work the jab and then come off the jab with, you know, a low jab to an overhand or maybe try to get in there with a jab to give a quick body shot and, and turn out just to score. And then if he gives you something in the third round, that's when you go. And uh, with about 30 seconds left in the fight, I had a chance to, uh, I had a chance after a couple jabs, uh, he missed a slip and I caught him. So I had a chance to flurry and, and I did. And uh, the ref stepped between us, and uh, it felt like the fight was over <laughs> like a flash. Like it felt like I didn't even fight him. Except well, congratulations! I had, nice I had a nice shiner the next day. He gave Good. me. He caught me with one overhand that was. Oh, it was real nice, Clark. Real nice. <laughs> <laughs> Something really nice. Huh? Well, that's great. Uh, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, so my next sanctioned event. Uh, well, this one wasn't sanctioned, so my first ever sanctioned boxing match is going to be. Uh, I'm going to try to make it down to 147 pounds from my current 165-ish, and uh, I'm going to try to fight at a, a prestigious uh, boxing tournament called the Brampton Cup, and we'll see if uh, see if I have what it takes to make it through a, a weekend tournament. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep our listeners apprised accordingly. All right, let's begin with the news of the week. Navy officials were faced with an unusual controversy after residents of Okanagan County, Washington noticed a sky drawing many said looked like male genitalia on Thursday. In case there was any doubt, the U.S. Navy has confirmed that there is, quote, zero training value, end quote, in drawing penises in the sky. I beg to disagree. Instead of threatening North Korea with nuclear weapons, we could simply challenge Kim Jong-un's manhood with an overwhelming show of massive aerial schlongs drawn over Pyongyang. Yeah, but that could all backfire when all North Korea's got to do is use a few MiGs to draw Trump's small orange hands in the sky and Trump will go mental, hit their big red button. Keeping up foreign relations, I was, you know, giving him the bird. You know, the finger. Yes, I know the finger, Goose. Italy failed to qualify for the World Cup for the first time since 1958 at a time when only 16 teams played in the tournament. Well, maybe teams that didn't qualify like Italy, the U.S., Holland, and Ireland could start their own little tournament like the XFL. Coach Bruce Arena could rejoin the U.S. team and wear a special jersey. He hate me. I'll tell you, Pat, this stuff is looking good and smelling good and tasting good. we got to dig in and start eating now. It is good, but you've got to hurry because the bus is running. It's getting close to game time. We got to get headed for the Silver Dome, and we just like to say Happy Thanksgiving to you guys back in the studio. All right, let's fire it up with our weekly picks. Well, just like the Buckets, Thanksgiving Thursday used to feature two games that would include both the Lions and the Cowboys. 
Of course, the third wild card was added several years ago to include some extra entertainment while the tryptophan kicks in. No tryptophan needed this week as the late game features two teams that could put you to sleep on Coke and coffee. We're, of course, referring to the 2-8 and eight Giants and the 4-7 and seven professional football team from Washington. At the beginning of the season, this looked like a great NFC East matchup that would have playoff implications. Right now, the outcome will only affect draft positioning. Since 1989, betting favorites on Thanksgiving Day games are 41 and 23 against the spread, which is a 64% winning percentage. This week features two small road dogs and also a team playing the Giants. Okay, let's look at Minnesota at Detroit. Detroit, uh, they are in the hunt for the playoffs, uh, but uh, they need some wins coming up here, and they are three-point dogs at home. And the Lions at 6-4 and four are coming off a close win against the Bears. Wide right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look at who they've beaten. Cardinals, Giants, Browns, the Bears, and the Rodgers-less Packers. Well, let's look to whom they have lost. The Falcons, the Panthers, Saints, and Steelers. Bottom line is that they beat the teams they should and lose to the superior teams. There is one exception on teams that they have beaten. And that would be the only one with a winning record, the Vikings from Minnesota, on October the 1st, where they won 14-7 to in the land of 10,000 lakes. It's tough to beat the same team twice in a year, uh, especially the way the Vikings are playing right now. If you recall, last year's Lions Thanksgiving Day game featured the opponent, you guessed it, the Minnesota Vikings. Detroit won 16-3. to Head coach Jim Caldwell is 3-0 and on Thanksgiving Day games. And ironically, Mike Zimmer is 2-5 and five against the Lions overall. Interesting. If you simply use the eye test on these two teams over the past month, Minnesota clearly is the better team. But let's go a little bit deeper than the eye test. Let's actually look to some numbers here. The Vikings rank now, right now are ranked fifth in red zone efficiency at 23.4%. Detroit is 27th in the league at 15.5%. This line opened at a pick 'em, um, but has gone quickly up to a touchdown in favor of the uh, Minnesota Vikings, and I think deservedly so. Even at uh, a road favorite at a field goal, I'm still going with the Vikings. Screaming Vikings! Screaming Vikings! Screaming Vikings! Well, I'm I'm going to actually go against the uh, the money that's going on to uh, Minnesota right now because I think Matt. Stafford's play at home I think the fact that the Lions are playing for their playoff life right now it's kind of a special game their fans are going to be up the energy at Ford Field's going to be there I also think that as a football fan this is going to be you don't need a rooting interest in this game to watch it's going to be fun there's going to be some scoring there's going to be some big plays but I think at the end of the game Detroit actually wins this on the money line wow well I'm just going to say watch Adam Thielen that guy's going to light it up Los Angeles Chargers going into Big D. Dallas plus one underdogs at home. That's the second home dog in a row this uh, this Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, ironically, this line opened, it opened at minus three and a half for the Cowboys. So that's a pretty dramatic uh, line movement in the course of three days. Big swing. Big swing. But this is not your typical Thanksgiving Day matchup. In fact, the Chargers... That the franchise, whether San Diego or L.A., uh, has never made a Thanksgiving Day appearance. 
And despite a loss to the Eagles on Sunday, Dallas still has a very slim shot at a wild card spot with a relatively easy schedule ahead of them for the rest of the season. I want me some glory, ho. The Bolts looked sharp against the Bills and seem to have found a solid running game featuring Melvin Gordon. Right here, you see he gets penetration right there. Dallas' old line looks good, but it certainly isn't uh, the line from the 90s that feature a certain Nate Newton, who was conservatively listed at 330 pounds. When I first got to the Cowboys, Tex Ram told me, don't waste another day on him. He has eaten himself out of a job in the NFL. With a line of minus one, uh, these two teams still seem to be evenly matched. But let's look at who both played last week. The Chargers defense started going against a Nathan Peterman-led Buffalo offense. Jerry! I'm starting a Peterman reality bus tour! Check it out! <laughs> reality tour? The last thing this guy's qualified to give a tour of is reality. Yeah, that was a great quarterback decision, eh? Yeah, well, the reality is that the Chargers had an early Thanksgiving feast, uh, registering five Peterman INTs in the first half alone. More importantly, they held the edge on time of possession for uh, with a 12-minute differential. Now, conversely, Dallas went up against one of the baddest defenses in the league with the Eagles. Dakota threw three picks for the first time in his career and lost another on a fumble, which was recovered by Philly. If you simply look at this game from a physical standpoint on a short week, I think the Cowboys are probably nursing a few more bumps and bruises than the Chargers are. The Cowboys are 0-2 without Zeke and have scored only 16 points in those games. And yet, they have yet to figure out a viable solution in the absence of Sean Lee. Um, and it's rumored by Jerry Jones that all-pro left tackle Tyron Smith will be back in the lineup, which, if he's healthy enough, will help Dak quite a bit. The Cowboys have allowed almost 31 points per game in their last five holiday matchups. There is a lot to like about the Chargers in this one. Look for some public money to come back on America's team as we get closer to game time. But for now, I'm taking the Chargers and minus one. This is a tough one as well, man. A pick em is probably very apropos if you're talking about just whether or not. Because Dallas, it's home again. Your Thanksgiving, big game. Uh, they are technically still in the playoff picture. And if they're still technically in the playoff picture, they're going to have some serious fight. But you're right, man. The Chargers look pretty good, well, especially the, in the their Chargers last few started games. And, they started 0-2 on the season, and they, they could win the AFC West. Oh, they could, and they've been, they've been actually scoring a lot lately as well, which, like you said, with the Cowboys stat there at 30.8 points per game, and they don't have Sean Lee there to lead the defense – I'm with you, man. I think I gotta actually. Like, I I want to say that the sentimental favorite, and this is why you're you're saying the money, especially public money, is going to move to Dallas because a lot of people are going to be like Dallas at home Thanksgiving. Yep. There's your sentimental favorite, but I'm with you, buddy. If you're the sharp, you're going to put it on the Chargers. Well, the Chargers have a nasty habit of losing close games late uh, late in the fourth quarter. I don't think this is going to happen again. Um, in fact, I I actually think they're going to build up a uh, a pretty significant lead, whether or not they let it slip away. Um, I'd, I'd find it, I'd find it hard, hard to imagine that. Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Sure, we'd be happy to take your money. Yep, just go to our Kickstarter page. Okay, nice idiot. Uh-huh, fuck you. Bye-bye. Well, we alluded to this one earlier. It's going to be the, uh, 
game of the week. And if your sarcasm <laughs> meter did not go off, it's uh, the Giants at the professional football team from Washington. And Washington's seven-point favorites at home. Two teams that exceeded expectations on Sunday. Uh, the Giants registered their second win of the season, beating the failing Chiefs at home in overtime. Uh, the professional football team from Washington took the game down to the wire and lost in OT to New Orleans. That spread almost hit double digits by game time with the public assuming that this banged up mash unit couldn't compete. Although the record doesn't reflect it, their effort and resilience levels are paralleled by no other team with the possible exception of the New York Jets. The Giants defense, I'm going to say, is still suspicious. They kept the Chiefs out of the end zone, which is a tough chore on its own. But their own offense seems to be allergic to the end zone. Um, look for Kirk Cousins to get the ball down the field by hitting his receivers in the area on the field, otherwise known as the turkey hole. Look at that, the turkey. Well, why? Know. You don't know. You call the turkey Brad hole, Johnson but you don't know it. But let me show you what the turkey hole is. I think a win against the Chiefs is enough for one week for Macadon. He'll mail it in this week in terms of game prep. Yeah, that was a two-legged turkey. I'm going to be taking the professional football team from Washington. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there, man. And I'm, what is there to say about this game, right? <laughs> it's not going to be the greatest one, but Washington, it's not obviously, a Washington's obviously the better team, even with the injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm not sure who's going to be watching this game at the end of the day when uh, you know the turkey's kicked in, but... Well, they're selling some of these tickets right now. Uh, Fox 5 is reporting the tickets for Redskins Thanksgiving game versus Giants going for as little as 7 bucks, And that's an actual headline. 7 bucks. Wow. You know, um, and that's almost $7 too many. You should give that away with like a tank of gas. At like yeah, I would, an I would think so. I would think so. <laughs> Time to get on the hotline that we've got to the White House to discuss football. We're not allowed to talk politics when we call the White House. This phone is strictly football-related. It's always nice of uh, President Trump to uh, come on out to Almost Wise Guys and, and discuss football. And, Mr. President, it's Thanksgiving week, and you've got a lot to be thankful for. You'll be celebrating with your family by eating a traditional turkey dinner. Or are you considering something different? Burger King McDonald's, I can, I can live with him. I had the other night, I had Kentucky Fried Chicken, not the worst thing in the world. This question's actually going to be posed to one of the president's aides. Um, apparently, he's not available right now. He's in communication with LeVar Ball. Um, the New York Giants will be playing this Thursday night. There is rampant speculation that despite the Giants' win on Sunday, Eli Manning will not be the team's quarterback next season. What do you think will happen to him? Soon the Trump organization will acquire the Manning name and turn it into a luxury hotel. Done. And now we get Andy to reach into his bag of goodies, give us a couple of nuggets of gambling gold and a little segment we like to call the Prognosticator's Potpourri. Well, Thanksgiving is always a fun time for prop bets. Nothing to put like five units of your bankroll on, but something a little fun and entertaining to add some sprinkles to Turkey Day. 
So I'm going to put out three actually legitimate prop bets, um, which I'm not going to take credit for myself. I think I saw these on oddshark.com, but uh, interesting ones to be sure. And then I'll put out three of my own. The first one is the first game of the day featuring the Vikings and the Lions. So if you have the ability through your sports book to alter the point spread, bring it down to 39 and a half. 39 and a half, and that is uh, approximately plus 170. Um, this is going to be a close game, a lot of running. I think it's going to be a low-scoring one. I subscribe to the law of contrary public opinion. If everyone thinks one thing, then I say bet the other way. The next one uh, features the Chargers at the Cowboys. This is a little bit trickier to gauge, but if you can pick the winning margin to go between 7 and 12 points... Uh, that pays plus 475. Winner, Gagnon. And lastly, the New York football giants against a professional football team from Washington. Team to score first. Uh, if you pick Washington, it's at minus 163, but uh, it's a pretty good bet based on the way that the Giants offense has been playing. Now, these are, of course, prop bets which can be legally made in the United States, which, if you didn't already know this, it's illegal to offer line on anything that cannot be reflected in a box score. Let's, for a second, pretend that that's not the case. Let me put out a couple of other ones. So, for the first game, will dueling banjos be heard when either Joe Buck or Troy Aikman mention Jim Bob Cooter's name? I posted this right at a pick'em. Which will be greater, the number of times Jason Garrett or the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders are seen clapping on the sidelines during the game? I'm putting the side at Garrett at minus 150. That's good, right? No. I only bet 10. But you won. What did I say? What did I tell you? It's a short thing. You talk about this crap like it's science, Tony. I lost a lot of fucking money. You didn't lose. We could have turned your bullshit into a fucking million dollars. All right. Yes or no. At any time during the game, will Ben McAdoo's headset slide off his grape due to over-lubrication? I'm putting yes at a very lucrative plus 200. You've got a gambling problem, right? I have a financial problem. Well, thank you to all our fans for listening to episode 12 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes so you do not miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week 12 games across the NFL. Thanks again to President Trump for his insights. From Costa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. Tune in later this week on the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. I'm sleeping and right in the middle of a good dream Like all at once I wake up from something that keeps knocking at my brain Before I go insane I hold my pillow to my head And spring up in my bed screaming out the words I dread I think I love you This morning I woke up with this feeling I didn't know how to deal with and so I just decided to myself I'd hide it to myself
and never talk about it and did not go and shout it when you walked into the room I think I love you Let me ask you to your face Do you think you love me? 